You're listening to Pod Suey, the week's top stories served a la carte. Subscribe at thegreatvoice.com or wherever you get your podcasts. The Detroit News reported Democrat Governor Gretchen Whitmer opened a 17-point lead over Republican challenger Tudor Dixon this week. Governor Whitmer on Paul W. Smith to tout the opening of a large battery plant in Wayne County. Here's the front page of the Detroit News. State scores a victory in battery wars. That's got to make our next guest very happy. Our next guest, the governor of the great state of Michigan, Governor Gretchen Whitmer. You've got a busy morning, Governor, after a very busy and fruitful day yesterday. Good morning. Good morning. I'm so glad to be with you. And this is, you know, these announcements that we made are life changing and, you know, economy um, solidifying when it comes to advanced manufacturing. And so this is great news for everyone in Michigan. Well, it is. And we spoke a little earlier with uh, Garrick Rochow, president and CEO of Consumers Energy. He's geeked. I think it's it's okay to say that. He's geeked. He's excited. I'm sure you are, too. And uh, everyone in Michigan should because this means many things, including keeping people in Michigan because of the jobs it's going to build, bringing new people to Michigan because of the jobs, and keeping doing everything you can to make sure we remain the Motor City through the transition to EVs. Now, it's only it's a little confusing because it was like, when it rains, it pours, Governor. There was a lot of good news yesterday, and I, I think it was a few different projects. Can you clar- clarify that for me? <laughs> sure. I appreciate you asking the question. <clears throat> you know, Art Next Energy is a Novi-based company. They were looking to build a gigafactory. They were getting lured by lots of other states. They've got international contracts. But we won their business here in Michigan. They're going to expand right here in Wayne County and Van Buren Township. They're investing at $1.6 billion. This is over 2,100 really good paying jobs. And they are doing creative things in the battery space, using different materials, having longer lasting storage. The other project is Goshen. They are locating in Big Rapids in Macosta County. Their investment is $2.3 billion, 2,350 jobs. And they build long-range batteries. So as we think about what's happening in mobility, we know that range anxiety is real for consumers. It's companies like these that are solving for that issue as we make this historic transition from internal combustion to electric vehicles. And so we've got to continue to put our foot on the accelerator here and make sure that we are leading in these advanced mobility solutions. And that's what these two projects really represent. Well, and because it is today, and this is the way we now think with our batteries and everything that we're doing, these companies have to build their companies and maintain their their reduction in carbon emissions and their their environmental impact. So there's a lot more that goes into the thinking of building a new factory and beating Well, I went through the list earlier, Texas and California, beating all these other people who wanted this business is some very good positive news. And I want to congratulate you, Governor, and all the people involved in making sure this happens, the MEDC. And uh, I mean, it's just it is a very big deal to start to grab some of these things where people were believing that we were running a little behind. And so. I've had great faith in Quentin Messer, Jr., the CEO of MEDC, president and chair 
of the Michigan Strategic Fund Board. I've had uh, great confidence in your ability to uh, to be a good salesperson for the great state of Michigan. So now it's it's like when it rains, it pours. It's all good, and everything's going on. But, you know, being today, we say, what's next, Governor? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the work is never done, Paul W., and I think it's important to recognize, you know, as you mentioned about Quinton, our philosophy is a team Michigan approach. And so that's why it's so important that we are working together. The Our utility partners, the MEDC, local leadership, you know, and on the ground in Macosta County and Wayne County, as well as the legislature. You know, I want to re- make sure to recognize this was a bipartisan effort. Our, we couldn't have done this without buy-in and support from the legislature, Republicans and Democrats. And so I just want to make sure to always point that out because there are tough challenges. There's always going to be tough challenges. But if we stay focused on, on what matters and we're looking to the future and we work together, Michigan is going to be a leader. And so I think that's part of the story that I'm, I'm so glad you're telling. Well, it's such a great story. And, uh, and we love Relentless Positive Radio. And you've provided us with a couple, two, three stories now that are excellent. Uh, you know, let's face it. When you get on the front page and it's Daniel Howes saying state scores a victory in battery wars, he's the same guy who wrote not long ago that we were slipping behind. So this is all good news. And I, you know, I completely trust Daniel Howes and his knowledge. So that's that's a big deal. Uh, And the coming battery plants critical to EV future. Another one of the stories by Kalia Hall and Beth LeBlanc. I mean, it's one good story after another. So. Um, so we applaud you. We applaud all the people involved. I didn't mention a moment ago while we were waiting to connect that uh, that that you and uh, fellow gubernatorial candidate Tudor Dixon have actually uh, agreed to two debates this month. And, you know, it's it's been popular for some people to skip debates when they're wildly ahead. And you seem to be wildly ahead was it ever thought to for you to not do a debate? We have very little time here, but I guess a yes I or think, no. You know, Paul W., I think debates are important, and that's why we're doing them. People need to see who their potential leaders are, and I'm ex- I'm really looking forward to it. All right. Do you like chocolate, and do you like mint, and do you like chocolate and mint? All of the above. Okay. That's all I needed to know. That's all the time I have. <laughs> Thank you, Governor. Thank you. <laughs> you have take- a great day. Republican businessman John James is running against former Michigan Circuit Court Judge Carl Marlinga. On the Democrat side, in the new 10th District, both men appeared on All Talk with Tom Jordan and Kevin Dietz. Hey, back out to you in a moment. It's 800-859-0957, 800-859-0WJR. You know, it's hard to believe that Michigan's new redrawn 10th Congressional District, it's in an area that is currently partially represented by Democratic Progressive and 11. Levin opted not to run in the new district redrawing area, the boundaries there, because it leans Republican. Uh, It's still very competitive. So what we have now are two very well-known candidates uh, going at it. Republican John James and Democrat Carl Marlinga, Kevin. Interesting race to watch. And we certainly have some big problems going on in the world and right here in Michigan for them to uh, discuss. People I talked to this weekend were Fired up. I mean, definitely worried about the economy, inflation, gas prices. But the number one 
thing people were talking to me about this weekend, is there going to be a nuclear war? They're so worried about is Russia going to use nukes against Ukraine? And if they do, uh, what is the European Union going to do? What is America going to do? And if all this is going on, will, will China make a move on Taiwan, which President Biden says if they do, we'll put boots on the ground to stop them. People are seriously worried about a possible World War III. Uh, Joining us now is John James, GOP nominee for Congress in the 10th District. Good morning, John. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back on, guys. I appreciate you coming on. I I know we're going to talk about the economy, but I I just you have military experience. Uh, Is the world always this dangerous of a place, or are we at a point today where there is more of a risk of a World War III? The world has always been a dangerous place, which is why a strong America uh, is in the best interest of uh, relative world peace. Uh, we need to make uh, America strong, and the best way to do that is make sure the people here are well taken care of, uh, exporting the American way and being a beacon of hope for all of those around. And certainly uh, not only um, being able to exert military might, but also having the might of our economy um, to, uh, to, to, to uh, make sure we spread uh, the American way and, uh, and we're able to, uh, to be able to support our allies and strike fear into our enemies. In a front-page story in today's Detroit News, auto suppliers are saying inflation and supply chain problems are so bad they may not be able to survive. You told us much of this about a month ago on this show. Uh, how serious is this problem, and how could it impact Michigan's economy? Yeah, this is extremely serious, and it will devastate Michigan's economy if, uh, if we move headlong toward new technology without a plan to make sure that we include Michiganders, particularly those in the 10th Congressional District in Southern Macomb and Rochester and Rochester Hills. See, experience matters, guys, and elections have consequences. And right now in the newly drawn 10th Congressional District, folks have the opportunity, as the world's becoming a more dangerous place, to send a combat veteran to Washington who understands what it takes to keep America safe, because I've done it before. And right now, as there are supply chain issues and, and economic woes, uh, the 10th Congressional District has the opportunity to send the businessman in supply chain who serves automotive, who understands what it takes to lower prices and to bring back jobs. Uh, we're not afraid of the future, but with the right leadership, we can be a part of it. And I want to be uh, able to uh, earn the trust and support of people in this district and bring my experience to bear, frankly, the experience that my opponent has not had the occasion to develop the skill set uh, to earn. So uh, I'm excited for the opportunity. We have 36 more days, and we have a lot of work to do. Yeah, this district is obviously a big automotive district, and there's a movement now across the country uh, to essentially outlaw gas-powered cars by 2035. Is that feasible, do you think, to go all electric by then? You know, pipe dreams are fine, but there needs to be a backup plan. Um, I'm all about an all-of-the-above energy solution. Uh, I'm all about maintaining our energy independence. I'm all about making sure that we include suppliers, dealers, American auto workers, uh, particularly those in in Macomb and Rochester and Rochester Hills in our plans for the future. Um, We need a clear glide path uh, to success to make sure that everyone can participate uh, in the uh, the EV future. But right now, um, we're seeing the same thing over and over. And the response you get from the left uh, is, is, hey, there's a sinking ship. Well, you can't tell from someone when they're clinging to a sinking ship to, to just jump and trust me when they look back at you and say, but I can't swim. No, we owe better than that. We have to serve the people. We have to make sure that we're bringing more defense jobs into the defense corridor right in Macomb so we can be a part of not only making our country stronger and safer, but making our economy stronger right here at home. We need to be a part of 
workforce development and making sure we have skilled trades, not only for folks upskilling their existing talents, but also making sure that our children are prepared for the jobs of the future. These are just basics, table stakes for making sure that we can be included uh, in, the, uh, in the revolution um, that, that is coming. Mm. The, the world is called upon Macomb County and Michigan in particular uh, to save them in, in a world war and a global pandemic. We have the ability, the talent, and the wherewithal to do the same thing again, and we will be included with my leadership in Congress. Donald Trump was in that district on Saturday in Warren. Uh, he won it there in 2020, but just barely. Um, of course, you have his endorsement. The Democrats, they've been trying to paint the, him and the MAGA movement as very dangerous. Uh, Trump says is, MAGA is just really about less oppression, actually uh, particularly economically less oppressive. What is the MAGA movement in your view? Look, um, I, I think that um, being a conservative uh, is about championing things that work. Uh, family values work. Freedom works. Faith works. Um, these are things that work. Uh, I'm, I'm campaigning on things that work like self-determination, lower taxes, limited government, uh, giving people back control. I'm campaigning on a bottom-up style of government, not a top-down style of government. Uh, when you have folks in Washington who believe they know how to spend our money better than we do. You come up with things like the, uh, I call it the IRS Act, the uh, Inflation Reduction Act, which is a lie. 87,000 more IRS agents to take our money because the government thinks that they can spend it better than us. I reject that notion. Uh, I believe that being a conservative uh, is about um, uh, making sure that everybody has access to the American dream, uh, regardless of uh, your, your uh, race, your gender, sexual orientation. It's about making sure that people have the freedom to make their own decisions for how they want to live their lives. And that's what I'm going to protect when I'm in Washington. You mentioned that elections have consequences. The Senate is currently at 50-50, which means the Democrats control it because the vice president is the tiebreaker. We talk about inflation being a result of all this massive spending. If you had beaten Gary Peters for Senate last election, how different might the economy look today? Well, I'll tell you one thing. I don't deal in hypotheticals, but I'll tell you, um, moving forward, um, should I have the opportunity to represent the folks in the 10th Congressional District, uh, we will make sure that we do things that will have uh, um, bring our jobs back here and, and lower the cost of everything from gas to groceries. Uh, we need to have the regulatory and tax reform that makes it uh, hospitable to do business, uh, not just in Michigan, but in, uh, in Macomb County and Rochester, Rochester Hills. And we can do that with the right leadership, people who understand what it takes um, to get the job done, accomplish mission, regardless of whether or not you agree. We're all American, and we need, need to move forward together. What do you think crime in this country? Crime rates are up across the country, including here in Michigan. Uh, that includes Macomb County and portions of Oakland County as well. Um, how do you propose we solve this issue? Well, the first thing we can do is secure our border, right? I mean, just in uh, this spring, there were over 20,000, 20,000 fentanyl pills that were, uh, that were uh, found in, in a Sterling Heights uh, um, bus. Um, on the other side of the aisle, you have folks talking about defunding the police. Well, if they had gotten their way, then we wouldn't have had the, uh, the brave men and women in Sterling Heights who kept our community safe uh, from those, uh, those poison fentanyl pills. And right now what you're seeing is you're starting to see these, these candy-colored fentanyl pills that are targeted toward children. Children. This is evil. And so one of the first things that we can do to make our community safer is to secure our borders and make sure that folks who we are bringing in legally, legally, that there are methods in place to make sure we know who they are and make sure that we are, are able to maintain the promise of America while keeping all Americans safe. Uh, I, I applaud the uh, brave men and women in blue 
who keep us safe, our families safe each and every single night and day. And I'm looking forward to backing the blue and, uh, and having their sticks as their representative in Congress. I appreciate your time. John James, GOP nominee for Congress in the 10th District. Great to speak with you. Thank you for your time. Thanks for having me back on, guys. More to come, 760 WJR. Hey, appreciate you hanging there with us on a uh, nice morning here in Metro Detroit. We're talking about a number of things as the midterms are just around the corner. Uh, and one of those things we'd like to talk about is the 10th District. It is a competitive race there, a congressional district. Uh, and we've been spending time discussing that race between Democrat Carl Marlinga and Republican John James. It is a very split district between the parties. It's been redrawn, uh, but they're representative areas. When you look at them, you know, from the 2020 perspective, about half of them went for Joe Biden in that presidential race and about half went for Donald Trump. Almost 50-50. It does lean slightly Republican. So it's a huge manufacturing district. It's an automotive region, Kevin. And uh, both Marlinga and James have been couching their messaging in part towards that demographic. They have. Uh, I've known Carl Marlinga in a professional sense for almost 30 years. When I started out as a cub reporter, he was the Macomb County prosecutor. In my later years, he was a Macomb County judge. And I know Carl Marlinga to be a good public servant. So when I see these attack ads on TV, they kind of upset me. I can't even imagine putting up with the criticism for a public service position. Uh, but Carl Marlinga is running against Republican John James for a seat on Congress in a race the whole country is watching. And joining us now is Carl Marlinga, Democratic nominee for the 10th congressional district good morning sir how are you good morning i'm great and happy to talk to you yeah we're glad you're here with us uh today uh are you still glad you got in it is this more than you you, you bargained for uh how do, how do you deal with uh with attack ads yeah i'm glad i got in it it's the most wonderful nightmare i've ever had uh, but uh <laughs> it's something i had to do for the sake of the country we need people in congress who are uh, centrists uh, who uh, are looking out for the economy, who are interested in boosting the manufacturing jobs in this country. Um, my opponent uh, says the same thing, but uh, I've got a better path to, to get there in terms of the types of industries that I can bring to the United States uh, and uh, Michigan and Macomb County and Oakland County. So, but but yeah, to answer the first part about the attack ads, of course, uh, the, the attack ads against me are something. You know, I expect it, but I never saw this unusual, goofy angle. Um, I was a prosecutor, a federal and state for 23 years, a judge for nine years. Uh, the great bulk of my career has been prosecuting criminals, including rapists and predators. And, and I designed special program for child victims of criminal sexual conduct. Uh, special programs to treat uh, rape victims of any age. Um, and so my entire career was aimed at helping the very people that, that now this, 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 this one ad takes one case in which a mother retained me because she thought that her son was innocent. She thought that his ex had planted pornographic uh, photos on his computer because uh, he and his ex were involved in a child custody and support battle. And I checked with the attorney, and the attorney told me, who is in the custody and, and divorce matter, that um, that this divorce or, or, or the, the custody and, and, and support battle was was so vicious that she could really see this happening and pointed out that the ex was dating a, a convicted sex offender who was out on parole. So, so it made sense to listen to the mom that her son was being unfairly accused. But whatever the merits of the case, look at that's one case. I have about probably 12 to 1,500 cases on the other side 
where I was putting rapists and child uh, the, and people who do preyed on children away. And um, it, but now, so I'm trying to figure out. Okay, so this is a vicious, untrue tactic. But what's the purpose? Well, the, the ultimate purpose is, is that John James is wedded to a position that victims of rape or incest um, should not have abortions. That if you are a 12 or 13 or 14 year old girl or a woman of any age, if your attacker um, impregnates you you have to carry that baby to term. That's part of his 100% pro-life position on these matters. I disagree with it. So I think the thinking is, let's take Carl where he is strongest and, and try to create some doubt by having this false narrative that he spent a lifetime, a lifetime, a career defending predators. It's nuts. You can't take one case, put it up against 50 years, 10,000 cases overall, 1,200 prosecutions uh, uh, for uh, rape and incest and child abuse, and, and then say, this guy spent a career in the other direction. And, and, and by the way, remember, a defense attorney, when I was prosecutor, I told all my prosecutors, a good prosecutor appreciates a good defense attorney because if both are doing their job well, the truth will come out. Ours is an adversary system, and you work hard both as a prosecutor and a defense attorney because the whole theory of an adversary system is if you have two people working hard, the truth will inevitably come out. And so there's nothing wrong with being a defense attorney. It's just that for the great bulk of my career, I wasn't one. And for one case, they're trying to paint a very false picture. It's it's unbelievable what, what was happening. But I, I, don't, I don't want to get stuck in that. Because <laughs> no. That's exactly a, a, a part of their plan is to get me talking only about that, that I can't talk about manufacturing jobs and inflation and the things I really want to talk about. Yeah, let's talk about this. I am so mad about inflation. I feel out-of-control spending is a big part of the problem. Would you agree or disagree, and what would you do about inflation? Well, okay, so uh, 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 big spending, uh, government Government should be able to do what we want, but we have to pay our bills. We can't have deficit spending because if we do, we have more money chasing after fewer goods and services. And as a result of that, inflation goes up. It's the classic economic theory, and it's right. So any spending that we have to do has to be balanced by, well, I always say, you can get anything you want as long as you're willing to pay for it. So we have to avoid going into debt in order to put too much money out there chasing too few goods and services. However, the biggest push right now in inflation is the inflated price of gas and oil. And um, we just heard that the OPEC countries are reducing their production by 2 million barrels of oil a day. What's the purpose? So that they can make more profits. And in the process, of course, prices will go up because it's less fuel out there. And so the demand grows and so prices go up. They make profits. We suffer inflation because remember, if you're buying Rice Krispies or coffee or oranges, those products are being delivered by truckers. If a trucker has to pay $2,100 to fill up his or her tank instead of $700, the price of everything is going to go up. And so what we have to do is we have to, we have to go to alternative energy sources. We have to take advantage of all that there is there in terms of wind power, sun power, tidal power, geothermal power from the earth, and develop these so that there are alternate energies out there so that the OPEC countries will finally get the message that we don't need you. Now, this can't happen overnight, so we're going to have to rely upon uh, increased uh, drilling in the United States. But long term, if the OPEC countries know that we have another source for energy, 
were going to cut the heart out of their economic power. And countries like Russia and Iran and, so, and Saudi Arabia are not going to be able to hold sway over their neighbors because they happen to sit on the top of a lot of oil and gas. But we also but sit on a lot of oil and gas, too. And it's argued that yeah. no one has more control than the United States on how it affects us here. But we are yeah. turning away from... I know you said in the short-term drill, uh, so we can... Yeah. But But... We have that ability right now for the long term until maybe there is a feasible uh, transition that won't jack up uh, energy prices by drilling hard right now and get more oil into our system here in this country. Why don't we do that? Uh, you're right. We should. And uh, I'm, uh, I don't care what political party I am. I'm, I'm arguing for a strong, booming economy, and I want to make sure that's done in the short term. Um, but the, but the, the, the time to bring on these other products is not as long as you think. Europe right now is yearning for heat pumps, which provide both air conditioning and heating. If they had enough heat pumps, they could get away from Russian oil and gas. These are products that could be manufactured now. You only have to put pipes about 40, 50 feet down in the ground, bring the liquid up, compress it to get heat, decompress it for air conditioning, and yeah. you've got air conditioning, and it's cheaper. It's about 90% cheaper than oil and gas. Look at the Michigan was the arsenal of democracy in World War II. It was yeah. the auto capital of the world before and after the war. We could, we, could have, we could have tons of factories. We could have a lot of building. We could employ a lot of people, and we could have factories manufacturing heat pumps, exporting them to Europe, even if they don't catch on over here because the Europeans want them. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and that's something that – but again – OPEC, OPEC will yield if, if, because it's economic forces. If they know that they don't have us cornered, if they know that we are pumping, that, that we are drilling for our own oil and gas, and if they know that we are building these products to cut the heart out of their monopoly in the world, yeah. they're going to have to back off. Because yeah, they're going to say, right. oh, wait a minute, you know, and, we and don't I, want to kill the, yeah. yeah. We're going to keep talking about that. I wish we had more time. We're a minute over right now. Yeah. Uh, we got to get to uh, break. Uh, but, uh, okay. but we're going to talk with you more on this. We know upcoming with okay. you and your opponent as well. Carl Marlinga, thank you. Democratic nominee for the 10th Congressional District. Carl, thank you. Appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. Oh, thank you. 760 WJR. Republican Congressman Tim Wahlberg running in the 5th District on All Talk to discuss a letter written by some senators to Joe Biden to expand on the Inflation Reduction Act. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning to you as well. And I, I guess I don't call them progressive uh, Democrats. I call them socialist Democrats, and they call themselves <clears> that as well. And, and uh, so I think we ought to honor them with that statement because we do know that historically socialism Marxism, communism never works. And uh, maybe that's the reason why, as, as you so quickly illustrated in your opening there, uh, it's all crisis in America right now. There, you know, I continue to ask people, tell me one thing that's working right now, one success that's taking place since uh, January 20th, 2021, 20 months ago, uh, when Joe Biden took the office of presidency. What is one success that we have? And crickets fill the room. But crisis? Ask what crises are taking place, and you, you can't stop the discussion. So when we have senators like this, uh, led by uh, Ed Markey, um, <laughs> who I served with for a number of years in the House, he was a socialist then, he's a socialist now, and he, he doesn't, doesn't even get it about uh, what uh, he's saying as far as the benefits of going totally green which will destroy uh, the way of life here in America.
Yeah, the number one issue for voters is inflation. Climate control came in ninth place. Um, am, am I out of touch, or is Bernie Sanders and these other uh, Democrats that you mentioned out of touch? What are your constituents more worried about? They're more more worried about their personal economy, which is connected to the national economy. They're worried about the fact that gas prices uh, continue to go up, even when they went down for a few weeks. Um, with artificial influx of our strategic oils um, that we knew would not work for any long-term solution and puts us at greater risk, uh, it's gone up again. The other day I filled up in the morning, early morning, at 4.09 a gallon. By that evening, the gas station that I'd filled up was 4.49 a gallon, and it still climbs. And we have senators now, a a list of them, uh, of socialists, writing a letter to the president telling him to declare a climate emergency. Uh, Let me say this clearly, and there will be people that jump on me for this. There is no climate emergency. Is there climate change? Sure. Climate change has gone on forever. Um, Do we have some impact on it? Yeah, maybe. But we also have impact that we did in the United States in cleaning up our air using clean, natural gas that if China used it, India used it, for instance, we would start to see uh, the entire world's air uh, improve. Um, and, and yet we are being asked in a climate emergency declaration to turn ourselves back. And, and, it, and it's ridiculous some of the things they say in this letter uh, that they, they want to un- unlock the broad powers of International Emergency Economic Powers Act. Well, we've taken it under our responsibility to be good stewards. We've cleaned up our air. We've cleaned up our water. And um, we can always do better, sure. But right now, Whatever we do better will put us further behind, and the rest of the world isn't doing what they need to do. So let's let's give them a chance before we do this, as opposed to uh, putting ourselves in, in deeper problems through crazy things like they're talking about here uh, that really push America back, make us enemies of our own selves, and destroy opportunities for our future. Right. I mean, there are uh, atmospheric scientists from Stanford. There's climate Scientists from MIT who say there is no emergency right now. This climate alarmism is something they don't have patience for because it doesn't help the overall cause of environmentalism. Yet you got these senators who claim there's an emergency and that we need as a country to do whatever it takes, um, including maybe spending $10 trillion or what, what, it, what it might be. What will that do if we go down that route? Uh, in spending trillions of dollars to fight this, other than making a lot of corporations a whole lot richer and maybe a lot of regular people a whole lot poorer, what good is that going to do? <laughs> It'll do what is happening right now. Stop and think. They, they, in the letter, and I've read the letter, they say by reducing carbon, carbon pollution, it'll save consumers money. Are we saving money right now at the gas pump, at the grocery store, the, the price of transportation costs that have gone up? Everything has gone up. Are we saving money with doing what Joe Biden and his administration is doing and giving in to the green craziness that's taking place? No, we aren't. When we talk about transitioning the, and I would add, woke Department of Defense uh, non-tactical vehicle fleet to electric and zero-emission vehicles, installing solar panels uh, on our houses, the military housing, uh, what does that do for the security of the world, security of our country, and in fact, what does it add to in the cost of putting our military on the ground? You know, this is the type of crazy talk that's going on. But I truly believe 
Tom and Kevin, that this is not simply crazy talk. This is a design to change America from what it is for the purposes uh, that uh, people like Nikita Khrushchev, back when I was a kid, banged his shoe on the table and said that we will take America over from within. And and this is what's taking place. Uh, uh, and, and, and the masses will be pushed, if they do what this letter says, will be pushed all to the inner cities where we'll have to take public transportation mm-hmm. and ultimately government control, control us more. Now, that sounds crazy to say that, but it's true in the design that they're moving toward. And we have, I guess, the sad benefit of seeing that in operation since uh, January 20th, 2021, to the very present day. Sure. I'd like to ask your listeners, do we like it? Of no. Course not. Uh, well, I'll answer for them. Uh, most of them, no. <laughs> hey, yeah. listen, we just heard Carl Marlinga. He's a congressional candidate, a Democrat, uh, who said something similar that uh, Jennifer Granholm, who you know very well, has said that this uh, lack of supply in the country of oil and gas is a great reason to go all in, 100% on renewable energy. Uh, the argument was that we wouldn't have to depend on OPEC or the Saudis or Russia. If we did that, is that a is there a real solution, do you think? I mean, can we become energy dependent by going all in on wind and solar? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Look at California. That's what they're doing. And they had to tell their EV auto owners to not charge their vehicles just a few weeks ago because they were having brownouts and blackouts. I mean, that's ridiculous to think of that. It's just the opposite. It will impoverish us if we move this direction. Mm. And, and, and a lack of, lack of petroleum, natural gra- gas resources, you've got to be kidding. Yeah. We've got plenty of those that we are wasting, leaving untapped that could go to benefit. How did we clean up? How did we clean up our part of the world? Clean natural gas. Yeah. The you know, rest inter- of the world needs to do the same thing. Interesting, because there's a lot of people making six figures out there in California who are right now living in poverty as a result of those policies. Congressman Tim Wahlberg joining us. We appreciate your time, Congressman. Thank you. Good to be with you, and I'm going to still enjoy Michigan's uh, fall colors and uh, <laughs> use my natural, my uh, internal combustion engine to, to enjoy that. Uh, yeah, we'll join Good you with you. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> They'll do it for this week's Pod Sui Voter's Guide. Keep it tuned to AM760, WJR, and thegreatvoice.com all election season long. See you next time.